It's Friday. You know what that means. Welcome one, welcome more, welcome all to a brand new edition of Random Thoughts and Best Regards. I am your host, T O Double D, and I hope everybody is doing well, well as can be. How is everybody? Everybody have a good St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day this past Wednesday. We are uh, in the midst of spring break across most of the country. I hope everybody is being safe and uh, still following those protocols. Uh, I know things are things are changing and we've got the vaccine out there and, and people are starting to feel a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more back to normal. Um, but uh, we're still not out of the woods here, so I hope everybody is, is being safe and, and uh, taking all the proper precautions. I, I see some things that are making me a bit... Uh, nervous uh whether it be just being out and about in general or or seeing uh things on tv um sometimes it's starting to feel like uh people are maybe either fatigued or just kind of over the fact that we're in a pandemic or just don't care anymore or feeling brazen and, and kind of uh to disregard some of those protocols so i hope that we come out of spring break okay and it it doesn't set us uh backwards a little bit as we try to get out of this pandemic because i feel like we're so close right like i mean you know the the vaccines are are starting to to pick up Uh, of course it's different in every state um but uh you know we're we're starting to see uh, a difference uh, in fact later on in the show Saul's going to join us and, and I know he's up for the vaccination pretty soon um, so but you know we're starting to see a difference um, of course with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine that's going to be a little bit of a, a game changer because it doesn't need to be refrigerated and it's a, a one-time shot so I, I think we're going to see a little quicker escalation with that in terms of people who are vaccinated and protected um, still would like to see the ages come down a little bit and, and get more uh, into the ballpark of uh, where we can get some more of the population vaccinated. But, you know, that, that's kind of where we sit with that right now. Uh, but again, I, I hope everybody had a good spring break. I hope everybody's doing well. Um, and I hope this St. Patrick's Day was fun. Um, you know, fun in a safe way. That's all I hope for people. I just, I, I'm not saying don't have fun, but I hope it was fun in a safe way. Well, if it's spring break, if it's St. Patrick's Day, that usually goes hand in hand with March Madness and the NCAA men's basketball and women's championships. Um, this year, a little different, a little different, right? Um, last year, again, very sour. Nope, not going to talk about it too much, uh, but the tournament was canceled. There was no champion crowned last year, even though we all know who the rightful champion should have been, especially after finishing as unanimous number one seeds in the coaches and the AP poll, but I digress. <laughs> this year, the tournament gets underway, actually got underway Thursday night. Uh, there is a slate of games, uh, obviously today being Friday and uh, on into the weekend. Um, Marvin is slated to join us on next week's episode um so we will have an in-depth conversation about the ncaa tournament um it might sound and feel a little different because uh marvin and i are actually scheduled to record that segment a little later uh, today on friday um so you're kind of going to be hearing our segment kind of after some of the games have been played already but i, I still think it's obviously going to be insightful 
and uh, will be a fun listen for everybody as, as Marvin and I kind of break down the NCAA tournament as only we can do. But with that said, let me go ahead and tell you at least who the number one seeds are. Um, so the number one seeds in this year's NCAA tournament are as follows. Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and Michigan. Those are the teams who will look to run the table as a number one seed and make it to the final four and eventually win the NCAA championship. Um, just looking at this, and again, when I when I look at the NCAA tournament, when I kind of look at college basketball, a lot of it for me is the eye test. You can give me stats, you can give me records, you can give me whatever. All that kind of goes out the window a little bit when you get into a tournament style of play. Again, this is a little bit different this year because it's all going to be in one place. The teams are not going to have to travel. They'll all be in Indiana, playing through various locations in and around the Indianapolis, Indiana area. Um, Looking at this on paper, you can make certain calls, um, but with the eye test, and this is just me spitballing right here. This is not me. Again, like I said, uh, Marvin's slated to be on the show next week. I'm sure we'll have a much deeper breakdown, but with my eye right now, I think Michigan and Baylor look very good, and I think they they could be uh, they could be my top picks here to, to to take home the NCAA championship this year. You know, Gonzaga is undefeated. Gonzaga's had a great season considering everything. Um, and there are a lot of people who are picking Gonzaga to just run the table and, and finish as the undefeated um, national champions, which it's been a while since we've had that. Um, maybe... I'm not even... Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that on next week's show because um, I, I think I know who the last team was to do that, but we'll just save that for next week. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I like Baylor and I like Michigan. Um, Michigan, again, coached by Jawan Howard, former Fat Five Wolverine. Um, yeah, I, I like them. They look good. Uh, Baylor as well. So, um, again, like I said, tournament's underway. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who are going to enjoy some college basketball over the weekend. I strongly encourage you to do that. And as I mentioned, things are always subject to change, but Marvin is scheduled to join us on next week's episode and talk about the NCAA tournament. Now, with that said, I've got a great show for you today. So let's stop talking about what's coming up next week and talk about what is right in front of us in just a few moments. Coming up, out of the break. Everybody knows if you listen to the show, my crush, Punky Brewster, my crush, Soleil Moon Fry, uh, she's got a new documentary out, Kid 90. Uh, it's streaming on Hulu right now. Um, loved it. Going to talk about it when we come out of the break. Uh, Kid 90 a documentary done by Soleil Moon Fry. We're going to break it down and talk about it coming up out of the break. Also, later on in the show, Sal is going to join us, and it will literally be a segment about nothing, but it will also be amazing, because if there's any two people who can BS their way through a segment, it is definitely Sal and I, and it will be good to get Sal back on the show. It's been a minute since we've had him as a guest, and coming up, even a little bit later in the show, we have a brand new Random 5 with Lewis. You may remember Lewis from last season when he came on and spoke to us about how the pandemic was affecting the theater community. Lewis is up later on for a Random 5. So all that and more 
on this episode of Random Thoughts and Best Regards. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a short short. Coming up out of the break, we will talk Kid 90, the Soleil Moon Fry documentary. I think if you've been following along since the beginning of Random Thoughts and Best Regards almost a year ago, I don't think it's any mystery or any well-kept secret that uh, I've always had a crush on Soleil Moon Fry, a.k.a. Punky Brewster. I know it's come up on this show uh, on a couple past episodes. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit today about a new documentary that she has out on Hulu. Uh, actually, I received a text message the other day from a friend. Now, like I said, anybody who knows me knows this is a well-known fact about me. I've always had a crush on Punky, uh, especially when I was a young kid. Um, Punky Brewster was my girl. So a uh, friend of mine, she reached out to me the other day with a text message, and it was an article from Rolling Stone magazine about this documentary. And I said, yes, I am aware of it, and I cannot wait to sit down and watch it. And last weekend I did. I sat down and I watched it. And it was fascinating. Uh, it, it really was. Um, I think you should watch it if you haven't had a chance to yet. I'm, I'm going to talk about it, but I'm going to try to not give too much away uh, because I do want you to watch it. Also, another thing about me I think that people know by now is that I also do love documentaries. I find that you can learn so much um, through the eyes and words of a person, um, through the eyes of a camera. That's going to come up later on in this segment, how important the eyes of a camera are. Uh, and Soleil Moon Fry really used that to her advantage in this documentary. Um, but again, it's called Kid 90, and it is streaming currently on Hulu. Um we get a very personal look at Soleil Moonfry's life. Uh, we get a personal look at her as a child actor, as a teen, and then sort of into her college years. I would say it carries us through her college years. It really doesn't bring us to very much current day stuff. Uh, you do, towards the end, see some videos of, of her children's birth, uh, births. You see some uh, wedding footage, but we don't really get into uh, kind of current day Soleil Moon Fry or, or, or adultish Soleil Moon Fry and uh, now obviously she's gone through a divorce um, we, we don't really get that what we get is uh, Punky Brewster teenage and then college age uh, Soleil Moon Fry all through the eyes of her camera and the words of her diary and this is what was fascinating about this because uh, Soleil as a teen carried a camera everywhere and you have to remember this was prior to the world that we live in now the social media world that we live in now so you got some very raw authentic videos because she was around a lot of her fellow friends child actors hollywood you know personalities um who were not afraid of the camera because where was this gonna go this wasn't gonna go anywhere but to you know soleil's VCR or, or you know to be played back a few years later people weren't freaked out the way they are now by especially celebrities are not freaked out um, by a camera in the 90s like they are today because you don't know you know it's uh, Mark Paul, Mark Paul Gossler makes a great point in the documentary saying that you know now if, if a flash goes off you you immediately think what did I what did I just do did I did I do something that that you know could wind up on social media and could be a problem for me um, Soleil, as, as a teen, carried that camera everywhere. And 
as she sits and she talks about this, um, she says a big thing for her to sit down and to do this documentary, a big driving force behind that was, did things really happen the way she remembered? Or was she kind of crafting her memories into a fantasy world? And and I think that's important. Uh, And I think that's also why the raw footage, uh, all the raw footage that she had from carrying her camera around is a good help in determining that. Because that can happen a lot, right? Did things really happen the way you remember it? Or do you craft them a certain way? Do you take creative liberties? Do you shape it? Do you mold it? You know? I could tell the same story probably or, or, or the same memory and and I could in in one version I could make somebody the good guy and in another version I could probably very easily make them the bad guy um so those I think are, are some interesting thoughts that Punky had when she sat down to do this and I apologize now I'm probably going to bounce back and forth between calling her Punky and Soleil just get used to it uh, whatever <laughs> but but that's going to happen um, she was cast as Punky Brewster at 7 years old uh, but she says she never felt like she didn't have a childhood um, she was the product of a single mom her dad Virgil Fry was a actually pretty well known actor and had a medium to, to decent role in the civil rights movement uh, he was he was very vocal uh, he was a very vocal Hollywood actor during the civil rights uh, movement so you, you see little glimpses of that here and there kind of gives you some backstory of, of what made Soleil literally and figuratively um, Mark Paul Gosler of course from Saved by the Bell Brian Austin Green from 90210 uh, huge parts of the documentary I thought they did did a great job too um, some other people who, who appear uh, is Danny Boy O'Connor. You would know him from House of Pain. Um, I'll tell some stories someday about how the first concert in a club that me, Shintu, and Ricardo ever went to was House of Pain. Um, obviously, their big hit, Jump Around, but uh, Punky Brewster tells some stories about him. He's featured on this a lot. He gives some great uh, introspectiveness that we'll, we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but again, uh, Punky Punky talks about being cast uh, in that role at seven, um, and then it ended. And at the time it ended, she also began this rapid development. And she talks about how by the age of thirteen, uh, so like thirteen, fourteen. Uh, I think Punky Brewster lasted maybe like two or three years. So maybe maybe say from like eleven to fourteen. Uh, I may have this slightly off the timeline, but from basically from 11 to 14, she went to, all the way up to an E cup in her breast size. So she developed very quickly, had very large breasts. This became a problem for her because she was trying to transition out of the Punky Brewster role uh, and into a different Hollywood acting acting roles. And all she was being offered at the age of 13 and 14 were tits and ass rolls and that's a direct quote from her uh, all she was offered was tits and ass rolls now imagine like she says being 13 and 14 years old and those are the kind of roles you're being asked to play she talked about how you know people would tease her and call her punky boobster um, it was a lot for her so um, she felt like she had become a punchline and a joke and she decided that um she didn't she didn't want to live this life she didn't she wanted to do something about it you know luckily she had the, the power and the uh, uh, power 
an ability to do something with the finances. Um, so she wound up having a breast reduction and it was a six hour surgery. And she said she, she wouldn't change a thing about that. She's, she's so glad that she did that. Um, and you know, she, cause she wanted to grow. She talks about how she wanted to, to, to be grown up and wanted to move on in her career. But punky still resonated with people, no matter what she did, no matter even even after she had the breast reduction everything else everybody just always saw her as punky brewster that was a very hard image for her to shape she talks about and this i can relate to so much and i thought this is a fascinating part of the documentary that really resonated with me so punky felt like her life was kind of out of control uh, especially as a teen and I thought Punky was very honest and um, very open and used a lot of raw footage showing her vices and and her, her issues, her, her use of alcohol, her use of drugs, her friends' lifestyle, their use of alcohol, their use of drugs, just the party lifestyle that she felt she you know that she was living at that time. And then how her career was kind of out of control because she couldn't get the roles she was looking for. So everything in Punky's life seemed out of control. And by picking up the camera, it was a way of her controlling it. Now, this is what resonated so deeply with me. Because in my life, I've had issues with things, with my life being out of control. There's been times in, in my life, you know, especially from 2009 to 2012, where, where things were very out of control in my life. Um, but I can completely relate as an artist. Um, I don't have the same kind of uh, career path as Punky does in, in terms of, you know, actor, actress. But uh, being on the production side of things, I can tell you um, there is no better feeling than when... I am behind the camera and and you're seeing my vision. I'm in control. Whatever I want you to see, you're going to see. I am directing this play, so to speak. I am directing this moment. There is, I think that's one of the reasons why I absolutely love, you know, that the pandemic has kind of squashed that right now. But one of the things, one of my favorite things to do is being a video switcher. I love doing live concerts and TV shows and, and, you know, live events and being the switcher because everything I'm seeing all the images from all my cameramen, they are giving me everything and I am in control of what the final product is and what goes out. I am orchestrating this symphony that you are going to witness with your eyes. And it is such an amazing and a great feeling of control. And it's not in a vain way or an egotistical way. It is just so cathartic when you are in control and you can get your vision out there. So I can really relate to Punky when she talks about that aspect of how, you know, people always ask her, why do you always have a camera? And you see it in the video, all her friends always say, why do you always have a camera? This was her way of documenting um, and showing her life and, and controlling it the way she wanted to. Whether she was controlling her narrative yet or not, I don't think she understood or knew. But it was, you know, it was her way of, of doing things. Um, I also thought it was extremely fascinating. Uh, and it's something that I also relate to. Uh, when she, so she goes back years later. 
and she sees in the documentary she meets up with Danny Boy O'Connor I believe they're in Tulsa Oklahoma and it's been years I think Danny says it's been about 20 years since they've seen each other and, and they're talking and you know Danny talks about um kind of um how his life went off the rails and, and things but you know now he's got it back on the rails he's, he's got a good life he's, he's in control and he talks about how he wouldn't change it for anything that that everything that happened made him who he is and everything that happened has led him to that moment sitting on the bench 20 years later with punky brewster if everything doesn't happen the way it happens um you know he and soleil are not on that bench 20 years later having this discussion and I can relate to that as well because I often say that a lot of people who know me know I often say I'm a beautifully flawed human being hey listen we all make mistakes we all do dumb things we all have things that maybe we're not proud of that we could have done better but I always say the most important thing is that you learn from them and you can move forward and progress nobody's ever going to be perfect the the image of perfection is is not a reality at all um, and you're gonna mess up you're gonna f up you're not always gonna do everything right every action has a consequence um, you know it's it's a lot but the important thing is is as you grow to learn and, and you, you 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 wear those scars you bear those scars but you become a better person and and that's that's key and I think you see this is a lot of what you see it in the conversation with Danny Boy and you see it throughout uh, sort of the last 30 to 40 minutes of this documentary with Soleil that's what she's telling us everything that has led her to this moment has made her a better person and she, it may it has made her the Soleil Moon Fry that is sitting in front of that camera having this discussion opening up her life with us and I think that's so important. I like to tell people when they when they talk to me or even when I meet somebody now and I'm getting to know them, I always say, hey, listen, I'm 43 years old. It is what it is. Um, I will be transparent with you. I will be open with you. This is who I am. If you ask me the questions, I'll tell you how I got here. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be real. And this is who I am. Um, have have I learned? Absolutely. Am I a better person than I was? If you ask, I think, any of my friends right now, I mean, you don't even have to ask my friends. I will tell you, I am a better person than I was, you know, back in 2009, 10, 11, 12. Uh, I'm a better person, but I don't know if I necessarily get here if 2009, 10, 11, 12 don't happen the way they happen. And if I don't take ownership and responsibility of who I was at that time and change and grow and become a better person, I, you know, that's that's the name of the game. And I think my friends will tell you now that Todd that is before you is a much better version of, you know, the, the previous one. But that's the name of the game, right? That's growing up. That That's what it is. And that's what we see in this documentary, growing up. And that's what Soleil is showing us. She's not Punky Brewster anymore. She is this grown-up who has traveled the roads, maybe done things right, maybe not done things right, but she wouldn't change it. And she is who she is. Um, it does get deep at times. Um, she reads from her diary a lot. Um, she talks about being a virgin. She talks about some incidents that happened with some of her friends. 
Um, she talks about the Jonathan Brandis suicide, which hit her very hard. I don't know. Jonathan Brandis was a childhood actor. Uh, the first thing that's coming to my head right now, I probably could Google him and get more information. But you, you'd remember if you if you remember the TV show Sequest uh, on NBC, he was on Sequest. Um, but he was kind of in that that group uh, with Brian Austin Green and, and Soleil, and, um, and and he got into a dark place. He committed suicide. Actually. In this video, you see there are, it's in this collage of videos in this documentary, you see there were actually eight friends of Soleil's who either committed suicide or had an early end to their life. And she talks about how when she sat down to do this project and she went back and she was watching the videos now as, you know, the, I think Soleil, I want to say she's a year older than me. She's either a year or two older than me. Um... So now as a 44 45 year old woman she's she's sitting back and she's watching and she's hearing she's re-watching the videos and she's hearing her friends cry for help she didn't hear it then she didn't see it then but now as the woman she is today she's hearing it she's seeing it um it does hurt her a little bit that at the time she didn't see how much they were hurting um but you know she's she's dealing she's dealing with that and i think this documentary was a big help for her with that um one thing that i never knew i found very interesting is when she wound up uh leaving hollywood to go to i believe she went to nyu i know she went to college in new york um but she got very into the skateboarding community um that was wild to see i didn't know that side of her like i said i've, I've had a crush on her you know as a child i had a crush on punky brewster and then of course you know i've always thought soleil uh was a beautiful adult even in watching this documentary i was like gosh she's still beautiful um but uh you saw how involved she was in in the skateboarding community in, in new york city so again it was it was fascinating um you know it, it it was a it was a very good documentary it's very i thought it was a great look it was a very real look at what it was to be um a child actor in hollywood i mean we saw the raw footage um we saw the raw footage of um you know what what her life was like um you know she talks about it a lot like i said she she says are our memories real are our stories you know what we want or are our stories what we want to tell ourselves right and i think that's a huge question that's a heavy question are our memories real or are our stories what we want to tell ourselves are we trying to convince ourselves that our memories or our life was something else do you lock it up do you lock things up do you put it away soleil talks about that she says she's done that there are things that she has locked up and she has put away she admits not a good thing probably not a good thing and this documentary has helped her to deal with a lot of it but there were a lot of things that she just locked up and put away perhaps she shouldn't have done that um you know, um, I think what's important and what I always try to explain to people is we are human. I said it before, we are flawed. Um, and this is said in the documentary and I think it rings true. Um, when you share your fears, your doubts, your experiences, you're then not alone because everybody's going through that, right? Every, everybody, everybody is going through that. Um, your friends go through it your you know your peers go through it your family goes through it um, but if you don't open up and you don't share that nobody knows how to relate to you nobody knows how to help you or how to reach out to you or connect with you so I think that's important that um, you share your fears you share your doubts you share your experiences because then you're not alone and I'll tell you 
not being alone is important. You should be able to be your own person. I'm not saying that you should be able to be your own person, but I, I, the one thing I, I've, I've uh, always said, and you, you can, you can, you know, joke about it or, or, or make fun of it, but uh, a lot of times we'll, we'll take uh, me, Shinji, and Ricardo. We'll, we'll take pictures, right? We'll, we'll, I always document everything. That's kind of the joke, right? But again, I'm a video guy. Documentation is a big part of that, um, so I can relate to this Punky Brewster documentary about her documenting her life but a a lot of times throughout the years from from little kids from teenagers to into our 40s now Shintu, Ricardo and and, um, myself will take photos and it varies sometimes but a lot of times it's it's me in the middle the two of them at my side and I've always said that even in my darkest times even in everything else um, it's a wonderful feeling to know that somebody is always there I always say look to my left look to my right I'm never alone on both sides of me there's history and that's the truth man that's the truth there's also love there but but there is history those two you know they're my best friends they're my brothers they know so much about me they've been through so much with me you know you 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 never to steal the soccer phrase here, you never walk alone, right? Uh, I mean, they've always been by my side. And, and I, that's why I think, you know, when, when we talk about sharing our feelings, our experiences, um, our doubts, you know, it just, it all helps to, you know, no, nobody should have to walk through life alone. Again, you know, you should be confident in who you are. You should be able to self-support all those things. But it is also good to have people around you. Um, and um, I just, I really, if you hadn't had a chance, haven't had a chance i'll get that out eventually uh to check out this new documentary i highly recommend it kid 90 on hulu uh done by soleim and fry just excellently done um i think you'll enjoy it. it's a quick watch I, I also appreciated that it's only about 90 minutes so it's as far as documentaries go i think it's a quick watch um but it's very raw footage and it's it's good stuff i mean it is it is what it is there were some some weird the only thing i guess you know being in the production world you know we have this saying i have notes um I don't have too many notes. I do have a note. The only thing that I thought was weird, and again, it's it's Soleil's create, creative liberty to do this, um, or you know, it was ever who was directing with her. But I thought the way they handled all the Charlie Sheen stuff was a little weird. It almost made it feel a little creepy. Perhaps that was what Soleil wanted and how she wanted it to come off. Um, but whenever they dealt with her relationship with Charlie Sheen. they would play some voicemail messages and it would it just it it came across weird it came across creepy again maybe that was the plan maybe that's what they wanted but even still it just again like i said being in the production world we always say i have notes i don't know to me it just felt kind of i don't know dirty-ish that i didn't whatever but that's just my opinion. Uh, overall, though, I thought it was a great documentary. And uh, if you have a chance, check it out. Also, uh, the new Punky Brewster show streaming on Peacock. Check that out as well. All right, I'm going to be honest with you. When I went ahead and um, decided to do this segment, it was under the full knowledge that I had no topic. I had no nothing. Um, I just wanted to get this guy on and just figured it was going to turn into a bullshit session because to be quite honest if there's two people who can bullshit themselves through a segment it is definitely Sol and I so 
His, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. I think I think uh, October might have been like the last time he was on. But please welcome back to Random Thoughts and Best Regards, the one and only, my broadcast partner, a man who is probably largely responsible for this show even still currently happening. Welcome Saul into the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey. That's a big, big hey, round buddy. of applause. <laughs> What's, What's going up, on? What Good to hear on, your Sal? voice. Dude, same same it's great to hear yours man it's been uh it has, it has been a minute I think it, it, it has been a minute now i mean uh, we've been in contact with each other but this you know it's the first yeah. time we've we've been able to uh to, to get you, you back on the show um so let me just let me explain how this all happened when i was like so basically which was great you put out a uh and i'm gonna paraphrase here but you put out a twitter post the other day and it was essentially saying hey um i'm available for podcasts um now granted i'm sure you were probably trying to fry bigger fish with that post but when i read no. it i was like well if you're not doing anything this weekend buddy um got a slot um but uh Dude, this this is this is the exact fish I wanted to fry. Don't worry, you're good. This is exactly so, what I want. Um, so but I love I love that ingenuity out of you, and I love that you know kind of throwing darts at the board, saying going to social media and being like, "Hey, uh, I got shit to say, and uh, I'm a pretty okay talker. Uh, anybody want to have me come come on their show? Was that was that pretty much your thought process with it? Was it pretty much you just like, "Hey, I'm gonna throw this dart at the board and see what happens." Yeah, well, you know, so funny enough, I uh, so so just kind of trying to come up with new ideas on how to uh, just maybe promote my own show <laughs> a little bit, um, and just and, and just kind of be around creatives, um, and just kind of mm-hmm. peers, because because it's been tough these last uh, this sure. last year, uh, when it comes to trying to just even be around people that can spark or inspire, uh, you know, just anything that creative process to to get mm-hmm. you going. Um, I, I felt like I've kind of um, hit a hit a wall in a sense almost, and I don't want to say it's kind of like a wall of discouragement, um, but it's just one of those. Uh, it, it, I just had one of those days that really made me kind of think and reevaluate everything, and and it's like, all right, you got to try to attack uh, what you're trying to overcome maybe at a different mm-hmm. angle, and um, if it means maybe taking a break from you know my own show for maybe a couple of weeks or, or, or however long it is uh, in order to maybe kind of spark that creativity back up again to where I can kind of, you know, produce uh, the kind of content that I'd want to produce. Sure. Um, you know, so, so yeah, so it's just like, let me just see if I can get on anyone's uh, podcast uh, or, or anything, um, help out, you know, offer my services in any way um, that I can and, and just kind of maybe take a little bit uh, here and there from all the experiences that hopefully I'll be able to gain in the in the upcoming weeks um, but that, that, that was pretty much it I mean I saw uh, my buddy Brandon shout out to him and uh, and medium popcorn and uh, drunk black history they, he's got great shows going on great podcasts um, but he does the same mm-hmm. and I'll see him every now and then he'll tweet like hey I'm, I want to promote this or I want to do something like he's actively uh, just trying to get on as many uh, different avenues yeah you, you have to um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and I respect that. So I was like, well, let me let me just throw it out there, and lo and behold, I mean, what? Not even twenty minutes later, you hit me up or something like that. Maybe <laughs> yeah. it was an hour or two. I'm not sure. But was, for me, it felt like it was instant. It was pretty like, quick. Yeah, it was right, it was it was pretty quick. Um, but yeah, and yeah. I, I think I can definitely understand where you're coming 
uh, from with that because obviously when you do something like this the the key is you I mean number one first and foremost I mean you always want to grow your audience so I know I know that's a, a I don't even want to say a challenge but that's something that you and I are both tasked with when we sit down and do our podcast is you know um, how do I how do I grow my audience well I grow my audience by having uh, different topics and different you know different uh, people on like that's the only way you're going to keep opening you're, you're always going to have your core audience and you're going to love them and they're going to be loyal and they're always going to be there for you no matter what the episode is but when you're trying to push it out further um you you need to to push the the barriers on on things and, and try to get a larger uh listenership and so I, I think that was a good route for you i completely understand the spark thing i mean again you you and i we've been doing this <clears throat> for a long time and i think both of us are very passionate about how we do it and both of us don't ever i mean and this is this is a reality both of us don't ever half-ass it so if we're gonna do something yeah. we're gonna do it right and we're gonna you know we're gonna push i can tell you from my own experience taking the break um i i do the show i do the show sort of in seasons so even though it's coming up on one year of me doing the show it's now it's into the second season but what i did was i took a month break in uh like december or january and then started again in february and that was huge mm -hmm. to revitalize me um i did a lot of compilation stuff in in that month where i was still putting like compilation episodes together so that people didn't think like the show died or went away or anything else but sometimes taking that step back it does refocus you because i mean to be honest um i am in love with this season like i, I think i'm doing a great job this season and i think it doesn't happen if i don't take that little step back and say how can i approach the show differently uh over the next couple months so i think you're i think you're on to something there with that in your in your thought process yeah no i mean and and to your credit you have been doing a great job like you really have thank um, you and the difference from uh your first couple uh episodes to where you're at now it's uh i mean a tremendous leap and thank down. you it's 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 crazy yeah how fast you've uh you've, you've picked this up um but yeah it, it's it's just um it's just weird you know I, I i really don't know have any other way to to explain it but i i just feel like for me i, I need to be around uh people like that those kind of minds mm -hmm. and um you know the pandemic just uh, it's hard yeah it's, put a, it is yeah stop to that it, it 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 is um let me talk to you now let's let, let's uh have some fun here let me let me talk to you and again this is it completely off the the top of my head here so if i if i got it wrong but did you tell me yesterday that you were going baseball and basketball card hunting so <laughs> is that what, that's what you told me right i just want to make which is yes, cool i don't yes, i'm not so... saying it in a negative way i just i want to hear the story no i i know there's a story so i want to hear it yeah. <laughs> yeah so funny enough um again you know due to the pandemic it's uh it's kind of put a spotlights on certain uh, things okay. uh, or hobbies or, or activities that people uh, can get into um, because you know you're, you're either at home or you're uh, going you, you got to go shopping for groceries or essential, essential things whatever yeah. it is uh, now I'm not saying that uh, baseball cards <laughs> basketball cards are an essential hey thing. you know to each his own buddy <laughs> they just have to they just happen to be right by the registers and there you go <laughs> so hey it is what it is but um, I've been I've been collecting sports cards, uh, man, almost all my okay. life. I, well, since I was a kid, for sure. sure. I, I've been just a, uh, 
I, I like I just love collecting things in mm-hmm. general. I so in third grade in the Bronx, my Mrs. Haas, my third grade teacher, I'll never forget her. Um, for some reason, she just got me on this kick of like collecting stamps. Okay. And that was my big uh, first Very thing, cool. you know, this <laughs> this little Dominican kid <laughs> in the Bronx. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's I could see, I can see you walking into the stamp <laughs> shop because, and I know, and I'm assuming again, like you said, the Bronx, me in New, Jer- in New Jersey, they used to have like these stores. I don't know if they, you know, we, we're in Florida now. I don't know if they, but up north, they used to have these stores where it was literally like a coin stamp and baseball card store. Yes, <laughs> and you yes, could yes. Walk in. <laughs> they always smelled, they always had this smell to them. Um, yes. And yes, there was an old yes. guy behind the counter, but yeah, they always had these. So I just, I just pictured was... little, I just picture little Saul walking into the store. Sorry, continue. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, dude, trust me. It was, uh, you know, all sorts of Abe Lincoln stamps <laughs> and stuff I had, you know. I mean, I, I just thought it was the coolest thing. And, and I think that's maybe, that was kind of like what sparked this whole uh, kind of collection or collector whatever mm-hmm. thing that I have. with, with fascin- You know, I have a million pops. Um, really? Okay. That... I mean, like, so, well, I don't have, I probably say I, I, I probably have maybe close to 100. Okay. Um, and that's nothing compared to some people, but mm, yeah. for me, I mean, it's like my own little collection. You know, I've got mm. a, I've got a, a Pudge, like a Pudge Rodriguez signed okay. baseball, um, a Walt Frazier signed jersey, a Orlando City uh, soccer, um, the Orlando City uh, soccer club there, uh, a, a soccer ball from their inaugural year of the okay. MLS. That's cool. So Kaká, the entire team signed mm. that. Um, I've got a. I'm looking around in my my little office room because this is mostly <laughs> where I keep everything. Okay. Uh, my Liverpool uh, Liverpool jersey signed by the team from the 2014 uh, 2015 season. Um, so I, I just have a lot of things. Um, you know, Kareem Abdul Jabbar autographed little basketball. I, I did mm-hmm. a lot of stuff for NBA uh, All Star Weekend in 2012. True. And, I remember and got that. to mm-hmm. get some memorabilia that way. So you know, anyways, I, I just love collecting. Uh, all sorts of sports memorabilia or, or history, historical, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Artif- I don't, I don't even know what to call it. Artifacts, you can go artifacts pieces. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I guess this resurgence uh, because of the pandemic, um, a lot of people are starting to buy up these cards. Not to mention, mm-hmm. uh, like Zion Williamson, uh, John Morant. Uh, as of late, like the two big rookies in the NBA, and then if mm-hmm. you want to go to uh, the MLB and baseball. Uh, you know, with like um, Aaron Judge and and the Mike Trout, even though Mike Trout's been in the league for a while, but yeah, these still... cards are like skyrocketing in value. It's out of control. Um, certain ones, and you know, from our area, from our from our era, uh, Michael Jordan cards and Kobe cards, especially, um, have just gone through the roof. Um, okay. I don't know if you've noticed. Luka Dantich, uh, one of one rookie card, sold for four million dollars. How about uh, two weeks ago or something? How about Shaq? Because I'm sitting on a ton of Shaq rookie cards and Alonzo. So that those, whole, those are, that whole those 92 are, class. Yeah. I'm sitting on a ton of those rookie cards. Yeah. So the one, the thing is, especially if they're tops, mm-hmm. then uh, then then they're they're going to be worth a couple hundred right now. I got um, I got tops, you know, upper deck, the, pinnacle. <laughs> I got so many. Yep. Top pin, pinnacle's <laughs> a big one. So yep. anything tops. Okay. Uh, upper deck pinnacle, uh, especially back then, uh, was huge. I know now um, the only people uh, doing basketball cards are Panini, like NBA hoops, but okay. they're owned by Panini. Okay. Uh, and Tops is a big one for for any for baseball in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of like Tom Brady rookies, Joe Burrow rookie cards, all these 
you know, all these certain pieces for some reason now are just like mm-hmm. skyrocketing in value and people are buying them up. Now, I think maybe it's because when we were younger and it was a big deal, um, you know, like we didn't have the money to spend on them that much. So we got yeah. them. now that we're old enough to spend money on this stuff. It's made a, a resurgence and it's like, oh, hey, I can afford now to buy like the $40 box instead of like yeah. the $5 so- Okay, so I think you just answered the question, but how much does a pack go for now? So, funny enough, I'm opening up a, a Topps baseball pack right now. I love that. <laughs> so, so and, interactive um, in the show. I love it. Yeah, I got it. Uh, the He's a professional, ladies and gentlemen. Are, oh, absolutely. Uh, single packs are anywhere from, I want to say, like five bucks to, to seven or eight dollars. depending on. Damn, on I was like. Card. Yeah. I think it was like I mean tops I think was always like a dollar. Don Ross was like a dollar fifty and then upper deck was like two bucks when I was a kid. Oh brother, it's a, <laughs> it's a whole new world right now. Um, and then you can buy like boxes and it depends again, anywhere from ten, fifteen, uh they'll go to twenty, forty, uh you know, sixty dollars. what's it's, what's but that's the way to what's go. Your, I was gonna say, what's your strategy? So like yesterday when you went to Target, what was your were you going for a box or were you going uh Yeah, so I'm I'm usually just going for the boxes because mm-hmm. you're you're guaranteed like a specialty kind of card in the box. Okay. Um but besides that, I, the real thing is you, you wanna go for since it's twenty twenty one right now, uh you wanna look for the, the year before okay uh, cards because they're still out there like you know people haven't bought them or they're still like in the back of target and stock okay that the vendor needs to come and put out but they just have not done that um so i would you know yeah prefer getting getting the boxes if you can and stick to like uh you know stick to the big names um with tops and, and panini only like those two are the are the big one like tops chrome okay for some reason those specifically are like just worth a lot more money hmm. but um but yeah i, I don't know i just kind of got got back into this little kick and, and started looking at my cards I, I found um i found a couple cards that i have that i've had all my life i mean a couple jordan cards i have are worth a couple grand it's cool um but you got to get them graded mm-hmm. uh sent out you know you got to make sure that whatever they're centered and all this stuff yeah i've got a mark jackson card nba hoops mark yeah jackson, <laughs> all right. the big <laughs> The only reason that card is valuable and worth anything is because the Menendez brothers. Yes, yes, I know exactly <laughs> what card you're talking about. That's yeah. amazing. I love that you have. So that. it's what? Yeah, it's wild. But that's that's kind of all I, I've been doing the last uh, couple of weeks. Is kind of just been telling my buddies too. Hey, keep a lookout at Target if you see them, because uh, people are uh, buying them all okay. up the minute they they go out there. Um, I've got a buddy that works at the Target at Millennia, mm-hmm. and. Um, they had the section roped off he said in the morning while the vendor guy was putting everything up and then they limited people for like only three items uh wow purchase like per person yeah because people are just going crazy over this stuff mm. um and pokemon cards too yeah i don't know, I don't know anything cards. about pokemon cards i know yeah. they had a resurgence i know my son i mean jonah is into pokemon but not the card aspect of it like he just he just watches the movies and the cartoons um but i did read the other day that pokemon cards all of a sudden have had this big resurgence yeah it's i mean it's it's wild to me but um hey whatever you know i i'm just thinking it really is kind of brought up brought out because of uh you know you're kind of thinking maybe i want some extra cash Mm -hmm. you know here now i'm thinking like man i've been sitting on these cards for so long what am i really gonna do with them 
um, you got to kind of, it's almost like uh, the stock market yeah. as well. You got to know when to cash yeah. in, you know? So I feel like now it's kind of one of those uh, times to. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if the market's peaking again, yeah. You know, exactly. And, and just try to try to make a little money on the side. I mean, Kobe Bryant rookie cards are going for $40,000. I like, it's insane. That is crazy. So, yeah, I I, I have three Kobe uh, rookie cards. Yeah. Um. Listen, if I could get anybody to give me one thousand right. dollars, <laughs> right? Like for yeah. one in a heartbeat. So. Wow, well, you're that. gonna make you're, but, you're um, gonna yeah. you're gonna you're gonna make me go through boxes. You're gonna make because because oh, I got them. I got them. My good one. I know exactly where my good ones are, and I still have them in the hard plastic, like you know those hard plastic cases that we used to get. Um, yes. I, I still have those, um, and I know exactly where those are. Um, but yeah, man, you're gonna you're you're you get you got me thinking now. Look at you. Look, I'm telling you, <laughs> all your listeners out there, everybody else, listen. If you don't want if you don't want any of your old sports cards, just hand them over to Tata. And and I'm gonna be brutally honest. I, you know what I love about this? Again, I swear to God, you and I did not plan this. We did not plan this conversation at all. Um, that's what no. I love about us. Uh, if, if any if any two people have sat in a broadcast booth long enough in blowout basketball games where we've had to kill some time, it is it is you and I. I got a funny enough. You bring that up. I got a compliment from a from a listener from our from last year or the year before anywhere. Last time we did it, because um, they loved our Mookie Blade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And that's, it's not every day you get to hear, you know, Mookie nope. Blaylock, you know, NBA stories. Oh, so God. I'm just saying, Good. but yeah, it's Good. been, it's been, it's been the fun time. Good stuff. <laughs> hey, earlier, uh, earlier before we came out, we were talking a little bit and, and I, you were cracking me up and I said, oh, now I'm going to make you bring this up, uh, on the air, but you were talking about, uh, how Amber Ruffin has a show on, uh, Peacock and uh, you were saying you think, uh, <laughs> Friday nights it airs, uh, on NBC. Um, but but go ahead and uh, to get, have the have the stimulus check conversation uh, with me now. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I have been watching uh, the show Amber Ruffin. She's great. She's a writer for the Seth Meyer show. Um, and you know it's funny because I talk about this show and I talk about every like everything about the show. Like if I uh, if I was working <laughs> on it or if I personally knew these people. Listen, the the furthest the contact the most contact I've had with these people are and lucky are like. Instagram. Hey man, you keep you keep uh, throwing Instagram. you keep throwing those darts, man. Just keep throwing those darts. Yeah, you got nothing. To but lose. you know it's cool. Yep. Yeah, they, you know they like the comment or they might reply to, to the comment. You know it's like all right, that, that's pretty neat. Like at least they know I'm, uh, you know I'm a, I'm a supporter. Yep. But um, the whole part of the show that was funny. Um, well the segment, it, it was about the stimulus check. So, it, it, and <laughs> all right, and I guess the reason I reminded me about this show is because I had a conversation. Uh, and I'll, I might go into that later if we got time with, with, with my job situation now. But, um, you know, people really should. And, and it's it's hard for me to say this, but um, people kind of need to maybe almost sometimes just watch out a little bit. Uh, uh, kind not I don't want to say how they speak, but maybe the things that they brag, brag upon mm-hmm. or brag on or, or brag about, yeah. about. I don't know. So, you know, the skit it's uh amber ruffin and her co-host and and they're talking about what they're going to spend their uh, stimulus money on and just all sorts of ridiculous mm-hmm. stuff uh scooter you know she mentioned the scooter from uh from, like ride from her desk <laughs> to the mailbox in the studio and all this crazy stuff and um every time the mailman comes uh he hasn't brought the check yet so she grows uh more and more frustrated with him and so the third time where uh 
you know, she I don't think she had come in yet. And she's like, well, what are you going to use the money for? Like, anyway, ended up asking, uh-huh. man, you know, what he's going to use the money for. And he goes, well, Amber, I'm going to use it because he's a he's a okay. Puppet. He's like a <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm doing the, the weird gotcha. voice. So he's like, well, Amber, I'm going to use it to feed my family. And then all of a sudden, like, it <laughs> drops. And it's just like, you know, yeah, not not everybody is going to, you know, like this stimulus check isn't for everybody like they won't be able to just spend it on on vacation or, or toys or whatever yeah. it is um not yeah, everybody's survival lucky, for a lot of you know? people some people mm-hmm. exactly especially uh you know the essential workers mm-hmm. that, that i've been out there um throughout this whole thing i mean i i can relate for a month i worked at target mm-hmm. tech and uh i mean it's just it's very eye-opening a very eye-opening experience um so i, I think people just you know, should be respectful of, of others and, and the situations that they're in um, and just really need to be careful uh, what they start to kind of brag, brag about and, 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 and things like that. Because, man, I, you know, and so and this is why I say it. <laughs> so and, I, and I'll try to shorten it up as much as I can. I'm, I'm working for uh, for uh, for this job for kind of for the IRS. They, they work hand in hand with the IRS. Don't get yourself in trouble now. <laughs> no, no. It's, yeah, I'm not. We're good. It's, it's not gonna, yeah, I'm not going to say the company or anything. But um, it's uh, it's to help people, you know, help answer general questions about the uh, stimulus checks and, and just whatever, just general questions. Um, Because honestly, people could just go on the website and that's literally Yeah, where the information. We're getting, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it really is word for word. Um, but people just either don't have a computer or don't have access to internet. It's insane the the amount of or just want to talk to Saul. things you hear <laughs> yeah yeah or just want to talk to me well really you just want to talk mm-hmm. to a person and i yeah. understand uh i i i was like that for a very long mm-hmm. time until i realized all right man you know people don't want to talk anymore on the phone they just get online figure it out do what you have to do but uh i've been having a pretty rough time with this job i've been doing well according mm-hmm. to them um, but me personally uh, my standards i'm i don't think i'm doing as well as saul would okay. like to do um and anyways uh the recruiter you know sends me a message just checking in so my recruiters you know wanted to check in on me and she sends me a message on friday and this is after like one of the this is a hellacious week (laughs) that that i've had working with this company and Mm. you know trying to whatever get the right information out and um unfortunately i i I mini unloaded on her (laughs) not not in a bad way but it's like hey it's been a nightmare all right here it comes enough you know yeah it's like i this is i'm not used to any any of this like this is out of control um so you know saturday which was yesterday the hr guy calls me (laughs) and this is why it reminded me of the amber ruffin story because as we're kind of getting into everything and and it's one of those because I, I was in his position, you know, I, I mm-hmm. was the one that would have to call my employee, kind of talk him off the ledge or explain to him, hey, this is what's happening or I don't know. And now sure. I'm getting the conversation. <laughs> and I know, you know, what he's doing. I, <laughs> yeah. I know, you know, I'm one of those, I know what, hey, I know I what know play what you're running. Yep. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I just wanted to give you a call, even though I'm on, you know, I'm on my PTO. And, and I'm just like <laughs> right there. I, I, as soon as he said the, the non, non essential things that can be said in conversation, exactly, you know, and I just I just shut shut down from there because I'm like oh, God. PTO yeah. must be I'm over here arguing and mainly it be, it started because I I have an appointment for the vaccine like like uh, okay. this week. Oh, nice. Um, so I I'm excited, super excited. Yeah, you know, I'm at high risk asthma and 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 everything and and. And I just can't wait to get this thing done. Sure, sure. So I, I want, 
I would think a job, whatever. Hey, let's get let's give him the day off or mm-hmm. whatever. He has his day off or request, which is another weird thing because it's like, listen, if you know my other before, it's like, hey, I got to take this day off. I'm taking this day off. Yeah, you know, so yeah, it is yep. what it is. You know, um, and here it's like, well, make sure this, that, and third. So I'm going by the rules. You know, mm-hmm. giving him the 24 hours. Send her the doctor's letter or the note. You know, mm-hmm. with everything. And then it's just like, you know, they hit me with the, well, we're not 100% sure that you'll be able to get the day off because the third stimulus check just passed and Monday's going to be banned, all this other stuff. And in my head... <laughs> well, I'm 100% sure I'm still going to get my shot. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, well, listen, I don't care what comes out on Monday. Yeah. Uh, this is all, this is, this has nothing, this is, you can't compare the two with, yeah. with importance, yeah. you know, um, or, val- or, or, or value. Yep. So it was just like, listen, I, I'll move it to Tuesday if I can, you know, and I mm-hmm. hate that that's them winning, you know, yeah. I, I lost that yeah. battle and it's a battle over my health. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, it is what it is. But, you know, the minute he said PTO and all that, they're not even going to pay, give us pay time <laughs> off to take the vaccine, you know, and other companies are. So I was like, look, whatever. And I you know what, what, I'll do what I you know what he's do. probably going to do? He's probably going to be like, well, I had to work on Saturday and make this phone call. So I'm just going to not, I'm going to change my PTO and you guys can just pay me for working on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like, it's, it's, it is what it is. You know, these people, I understand, you know, and, and at the same time, I, I told you earlier, it's like, I, I understand I'm kind of being a, a baby back bitch almost <laughs> about the situation, like the job situation, I love it. you know, but I love it. at the same time, listen, we, this is how, this is how corporate America and, and just in general, the society got in the situation that we're in with jobs, like not treating us the way they should be treating us. Yeah. Um, it's just like, hey, nobody put their foot down, I guess, at one point about whatever it is that they had to do. So now it's like, no, whatever. Do it. Do what we tell you. You know, forget about the last time. <laughs> new job revolution and eye-opening experience that everybody has nope we're going back to the same stuff you're now back at a broke boy job shut off 30 minute lunch and you can't do anything you know i'm like oh good sorry so yeah it's been it's been an interesting uh last uh, couple weeks that's for sure hey that is for sure um, speaking speaking of a, a couple last a uh, couple interesting last couple weeks couple days um <laughs> talk to me talk to me but this is the last thing i'm gonna ask you before i let you get out of here uh what's up what's up with what's up with garden security and former Knicks players, man. Oh, <laughs> my I'm goodness. not letting well, you. Know, I'm not letting on, you off the hook. Hold, we're not. Hold we're not on, hold this on. Call Before, this if, if we're gonna do, if we're gonna do some <laughs> some NBA, you know, talk around here, uh, then you know what? We're gonna need uh, something to kind of bring us into this real quick. <laughs> and uh, if I got it right here, let's see. All right. So you're the fifth. Are uh, you the fifth seed in the East? <laughs> <laughs> There, there, there you go. Nice, <laughs> ni- ni- nice intro. Uh, uh, the fi- the fifth seed in the East, the New York Knicks. Uh, still sounds weird, but uh, but uh, <laughs> on on the sounds it sounds the way it should. Sound. All right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love uh, um, it. But uh, so Patrick Ewing, yeah. former New York yeah, Knicks. So... Uh, I believe he does have his number in the rafters, right? I... Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. Right, uh, I've, former... I've, they, they retired his number in <laughs> just 2003. Hey, just checking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, they retired his number in 2003. You I know, mean, he went, and... he went to the finals once, right? Against Houston, right? And, um, and... 
went to the finals I mean, twice with the I'm Knicks. just trying to learn I'm just trying to learn his resume because yeah, apparently no, I mean apparently Garden listen, Security didn't, didn't know his uh, uh, his own words they said they accosted him and you know this man's got his number retired he you know for 15 years he gave his blood sweat and tears to that organization two finals appearances uh you know one rookie of the year number one overall pick uh he won three big East, probably uh, when you think uh, and being when you think of faces of franchises in new york it's it's pretty much uh, jeter with the yankees eli with yeah. the giants and yeah. who is it for the knicks Pat, it's Patrick Ewing, and every—I mean, okay, just checking. He's my favorite player. My favorite player of all time is Patrick Ewing. So, to you know, to, to hear him. Can we? That, yeah, I guess. Like, I guess. Let me. Let me go ahead and reset for anybody that doesn't know. Patrick yeah. Ewing, uh, currently the head coach of Georgetown, who actually just won the Big East tournament. Um, yeah. But uh, the Big East tournament is played in Madison Square Garden, so it was. Patrick's first season as a Georgetown head coach, and it, or first or second season, maybe second season. Uh, anyway, uh, right now, it, no, I, first I think it's a sports. Oh year. wow, really? It's been that yeah, long for him. Right? Right okay, now. wow. All right, yeah, well, he's, he's been, you know, 2020 was a long year. <laughs> um, oh, but, 2020 right. about three. So, years. so Patrick's been there. <laughs> Patrick's been there for a minute, but uh, you know, it was a return to the Garden for him. Now, I will say this, and I'm not defending garden security at all but i'm sure because of covid and the pandemic and everything else i'm sure they're checking passes more regularly f- f- instead of people just kind of freely moving about the garden but it's still patrick yeah. freaking hewing man <laughs> like listen and and i understand and i'll give them this you know maybe it's not the same security guys for 30 years <laughs> yeah ago. and it's I not it. it's not the guys that came and got charles barkley and dragged him out of the I yeah, mean, exactly, charles yeah oakley, exactly sorry not the guys that came and yeah. got charles oakley and dragged him out of the arena <laughs> No, you know what I mean? It's it's uh it, it's just it's insane to me that you know you would I mean got people I think are just feeling uh, a certain type of way um because they can't do anything and I'm all right, I might be getting a little deep here, it might be reaching into my tinfoil hat. That's all right, put it on, buddy. About to put it on. Put on that tinfoil hat. Um, yeah. But uh you know, it's almost like uh, or my fake uh you know, psychiatric or psychologist hat or whatever. <laughs> Um, you know, people feel and have felt maybe the last, uh, whatever year now, since it's been a year since the pandemic, yeah. uh, began, um, hopeless. Yeah. They can't do anything. You know, a lot of people may- maybe lost jobs. Well, they have mm-hmm. not maybe everybody, you know, a lot of people lost jobs. And I think, um, maybe, you know, the security guards might be new, might not be new. It's like, Hey, I, I got a job now. Now I can kind of maybe wield a little, uh, I don't know. You yeah. Know, like, uh, it, it maybe, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Like, I can't control anything outside of my life, but I can control, you know, this, whoever yeah. walks down this hallway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's one of those things, you know, we could, there might be studies looked into that 10 years from now, Who knows? Yep. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's wild. Um, but yeah, my Knicks are in fifth place. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're above 500. We beat the thunder yesterday, uh, soundly. And um, it's it's looking good, uh, just just to be in the. So playoffs. how do you how do you feel how do you feel with the with the current roster of the team? I had suggested on last week's show. I had suggested maybe the Knicks try to try to make some kind of move at the trade deadline. Uh, Shintu was on the show and he said he thinks the Knicks should just not do anything and just continue to build. How are you feeling right now? Oh, I agree with him 100. Okay. Uh, percent They shouldn't do anything. They should continue to build. 
Emmanuel quickly, uh, probably the steal of the of the first round mm-hmm. um, or the draft because, uh, you know, he got drafted, what, 25th or something yeah. overall. And he's just been amazing. Uh, just exactly what we needed. Uh, the hole in the middle is what stinks because we've got Mitch Robinson out for the next maybe still four weeks or so with a with a wrist injury. Mm-hmm. He had wrist surgery. So if they did make a move, I would want them to get uh, like a big man. Mm-hmm. Um I'm scared of Andre Drummond because I, I, you know, I feel like he'll play only when he wants to play, and if he feels like quitting, then yeah, then that's it. You know, the Hassan Whiteside kind of whole motor mm-hmm. where these guys, all the talent in the world, um, but they just can't stay motivated to play. So, and I wouldn't want to hinder uh, Mitch Robinson's uh, growth either. Yeah, um, you know, I don't want to put him back on the bench. He's a starter. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I love the chemistry between RJ Barrett and Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they something happened where it's clicked this year, and um, and we'll see. You know, we need we need a two guard. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't want them to to break anybody up. I, mm-hmm. I, I love our core pieces. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, even despite uh, James Dolan being our owner, which, <laughs> hey, well, it's, it's great. He hasn't screwed it up yet this season. So let's let's hope. No, let's, he has not. So that's that's. Let's, you know, let's, we'll see what happens. Let's hope. It looks like it's moving in a good direction. Well, buddy, let absolutely. me let you get out of absolutely. here. Uh, it was a pleasure, as always. Uh, uh, dude, thanks for having oh, me. Oh no, on, no problem. And we'll we'll get you we'll get you back on again soon. Um, most definitely. Um, anything you want to plug before you get out of here? Uh, yeah. Um, everybody, catch up on Saul's life. Um, you could find it anywhere you get your podcast. Um, I'm not sure when I'm gonna pull out a new episode yet but there's plenty of the, content the old the old content to. is there to go listen to <laughs> yeah absolutely strongly um, encourage it saul's life uh my facebook page um solly d's on twitter and saul underscore wall underscore on instagram i guess that's it so uh, thanks man all right buddy it was a pleasure <laughs> we'll we'll talk soon sounds good all right, be good and, and go get that shot yo right. absolutely don't, don't let them wait. don't let them talk you out of tuesday no never, never that. <laughs> all right Today's random thought. Memphis actually has an NBA franchise. I may have forgotten that. And that's today's random thought. All right, right now on Random Thoughts and Best Regards, it's time for everybody's favorite segment. That's right, it's the segment that's so easy you could do it while sitting on the toilet. It's time for Random Five. This week, please welcome into the show a gentleman who was back with us in season one, and he talked to us about theater and how it was uh, affected by the pandemic. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in my good friend. Haven't heard from him for a minute. Well, I've actually heard from him, but haven't had him on the show in a minute. Welcome, Lewis. Hey, everybody. I'm doing well, Todd. How are you doing today? I, I, I am doing well. I'm thankful to have you here, and I am ready to pull let's, five questions. Let's do at it. I'm sitting on you. this. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Here, we, here we go. All right. Number five. Would you rather have 10 hobbies or one passion? Lewis? Ooh, uh, one passion. One passion. All right. Number four. If you could interview a firm, wow, I can't talk today. If you could interview a famous person, who would you choose? Ooh, okay, um, 
It's going to be a duo and it's going to be Daft Punk. Okay. I think nice. We we will okay. accept that. I feel that like counts. they're one person. The duo they're, the duo count. Like it, yeah, right. It's exactly they they come <laughs> in tandem so so there there you go. There you go. I like I like that. Number 3. Lewis, if you could be an Olympic athlete, in what sport would you compete? Uh, bobsled. Bobsled. Nice. Thanks, Cole. Nice. Would you want to be the guy? Would you want to be the guy who pushes the sled and then jumps in, or I'm sure there's a technical um, name for the position? The yeah, bobsled, I would probably but... be the back, mainly because I am obsessed with the movie Cool Runnings okay. and Sanchez, the guy in the back. I was gonna say yes. I was gonna say. <laughs> oh my god, 100. percent I'll put the egg in my pants and everything. <laughs> yes. Yes, love it, love it. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> All right, number two. Would you rather talk like Yoda or breathe like Ooh, Darth talk Vader? Talk like Yoda. Talk like Yoda. Yeah. Okay. I feel like right now with the pandemic, I don't think breathing like Darth Vader is the right time. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> Valid. Good call. <laughs> Good call. You might get some glances. <laughs> what the hell is with this guy? <laughs> you might, you might, you might get some glances. And I know, and then I'm gonna be like, away. "It's all right, guys. Fiverr, I'm fine. Got it." <laughs> oh God! All right, buddy, you made it this far. Here we go. Number one. If you could be in any TV sitcom, which one would you choose? Oh man, of course this would be the last one. All right, here we go. Um, Family Matter. And I would be, I would be okay. long lost brother. There you go. I love it. I, I'll tell you uh, just a, a quick story, and then I'll congratulate you on <laughs> competing, <laughs> completing random five. Um, my my son TBS runs reruns Ooh. now of Family Matters in the morning. They've just they've recently shifted the time, so it's on a little early. But for a little while, it was like right in that. Uh, time window when my son was waking up uh-huh. and getting ready for school. So basically, he discovered Family Matters and oh. he loves it. Like, and I was like, That's it's so, so amazing. It's that very loved his son without me even thrusting it upon you. I was oh. like, you are definitely. That's my the child. same thing that happened to me growing up. I watched it during ABC nice. Family reruns in the morning, getting ready for school, and that's how I fell in love with it nice there there you go that was a, a solid solid choice my man so hey you did it oh yeah random five all right buddy it was it was a pleasure to have you on uh let's let's get you back on soon uh in an expanded role we'll find something to talk about and uh for sure man soon, thank you right? so much for having me all right all catch right, you later buddy, be well this past week kind of marked a year milestone for a lot of things that went down uh of course march 11th being the day that kind of uh the world started shutting down basically the united states especially started shutting down on march 11th 2020 last year for uh in many cases what we thought was going to be a two-week shutdown um again we were a bit naive (laughs) and here we are a year later still trying to get ourselves uh, out of this pandemic Um, but march 11th was was the year marker for that one um a lot of people recognize that one um and 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 remember it pretty vividly uh but the one that i wanted to bring up happened two days later um and you can understand we were all kind of 
uh, distracted. Our world had been turned upside down. Uh, we were dealing with words like coronavirus, COVID-19, and trying to figure out what it all meant. Um, but on March 13th, 2020, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, 26-year-old African-American woman, Brianna Taylor, was fatally shot in her apartment. Um, I feel like everyone should know her name. There is the whole movement, say her name. Um, but because there may be some who don't know her name and know her story, uh, since last week marked the year anniversary of it, I wanted to go ahead and bring it up and, and talk about it on the show today and just kind of recognize it um, and, and put it out there, put it exactly what happened out there. Um, so basically what happened was, on, uh, as I said, on March 13th, 2020, uh, Brianna Taylor was shot in her apartment. Uh, White Plain Clothes officers, Jonathan Mattingly, Brett Hankinson, and Miles Cosgrove of the Louisiana Metro Police Department forced entry into the apartment as part of an investigation into drug dealing operation. Uh, Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, was inside the apartment with her when the officers knocked on the door and then forced entry. Uh, Officers said that they announced themselves as police before entry, but Walker said he did not hear the announcement, thought the officers were intruders, and fired a warning shot at them. According to officials, it hit Mattingly in the leg, and the officers fired 32 shots in return. I did not stutter. Fired 32 shots in return. Walker was unhurt, but Taylor was hit by six bullets and passed away. According to police, Taylor's home was never searched. On June 23, 2000, Louisville police fired Hankinson for blindly firing through the covered patio door and window of Taylor's apartment. On September 15th, the city of Louisville agreed to pay Taylor's family $12 million and reform police practices. On September 23rd, a state grand jury indicted Hankinson on three counts of wanton endangerment uh, and endangering Taylor's neighbors with his shots. Uh, I, I mean, just reading that sentence feels so stupid. Um... Um, None of the officers involved in the raid uh, have been charged with Taylor's death. Uh, Crossgrove was determined to have fired the fatal shots that killed Taylor. There's so much here, and I could probably do a whole show on this. Um, One good thing that did come out of this, at least in Louisville, you can no longer do a uh, no-knock warrant, which... And, and, and no knock entry which I, I think are uh, I mean I think that should be everywhere across the board um, you're just asking for trouble with no knocks and people regardless of whether they are criminals or not criminals um, if they feel there's an intruder they're going to retaliate and I think you're almost like baiting the hook uh, and tempting fate when you have these no knock warrants um, so I, I think you know at least 
out of Brianna's death came that for the city of Louisville, at least. Um, but I feel there should be a bigger push uh, throughout our country for police reform when it comes to that. Um, again, like I said, I, I just wanted to take a few moments and kind of look back uh, and recognize that uh, a year ago on March 13th, Brianna Taylor was killed. Um, and there's still a lot of questions to be answered. So, um, you know, hopefully for Taylor's family and, you know, her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, hopefully at some point there is some, uh, some answers and some resolution to this uh, terrible tragedy. All right, that is going to do it for another edition of Random Thoughts and Best Regards. I want to thank everybody for joining us this week and tuning in. A big thanks to Saul and Lewis for both joining the show and being a part of it this week. Uh, If you haven't watched Kid 90 yet, the Hulu documentary done by Soleil Moon Fry that I talked about earlier in the show, I highly recommend that you do that. Um... I was actually thrilled. Uh, I had tweeted to Soleil the other day about how I enjoyed the documentary and I would be talking about it on our show. And she liked the tweet and my heart went all a flutter. Uh, again, my crush, always my crush, uh, Punky Brewster, Soleil, Moon Fry. But uh, definitely go check it out. Also, check out Saul's Life, Saul's podcast. Uh, he broke it down earlier, kind of what's going on with that. But there is plenty of content for you to go and listen to. So I encourage you to do that. And other than that, I think that is about it. Um, those who are excited about the college basketball NCAA tournament, enjoy the games this weekend, this week. Um, again, it's just, it's really hard for me to get into this year. I'm still, last year still hurts a lot, uh, but enjoy. Uh, go watch some basketball, have some fun. And um, remember, tomorrow is a new day with no mistakes. Stay positive, test negative, do what you know is right, regardless of the choices others make. Say I love you, stay safe, stay healthy, and be kind to one another. Don't count the days, make the days count. Remember to look down the side streets because that's where the best stories are. When you come to the fork in the road, take it. Thanks for listening to my dad's show.